Hey everyone, welcome to LifeSpring Christian Church's Sermon Podcast, where each week we share insights on how to find and follow Jesus. I'm your host, Tim Nay. Let's get into today's featured sermon. Good morning. Wow, it's good to see the chairs filling up. I want you to know that uh, we, uh, the leadership of LifeSpring, understands that the chairs are filling up and the parking lot is getting full. And uh, we've been keeping track. Yeah, give God a hand for that. That's great. Yeah. We know that January through April is coming, and uh, that's when we usually see uh, the most people coming to LifeSpring. And we are going to lay out some plans to help with parking and also with seating in here. So be looking forward to that and be ready, all right, because more people need to hear the good news of Jesus, and we're excited about that. So Acts chapter 14 is where we're at today, if you'd find it in your Bibles. And uh, we, uh, do you ever have times where you just feel kind of stuck, you know, like things aren't moving? It's great when things are moving forward, right? And everything's working out, everything's falling into place, and you're like, must be God's will. Everything's falling into place. Nothing's difficult. Must be God's will. So God's will can't have any difficulties, right? Not quite. All right, we're going to see here in Acts chapter 14 where people get stuck. It's not good to be stuck. Uh, um, talk, to the, talk to the 18 people that were in China. Uh, in Anhui, China, they got stuck on a roller coaster. Upside down for hours, 18 of them. How would you like to be right there? Some of you guys are like, yeah, I'd like to be stuck there. Rather be stuck there than in a bad marriage or something, okay? Um, yeah. Oh, do I have a picture? Do we have a picture here? I, I think we got a picture. Yeah. Yeah. How do you say I'm going to throw up in Mandarin? Oh. We don't like to be stuck. Or consider the guy in the Jiangsu province. How do you say that stinks in whatever the, the dialect they say there? He was making a phone call while on the toilet, and uh, the, the uh, phone fell into the toilet, and he was trying to figure out how to get the phone out. Anybody drop their phone? You're not going to confess to that, are you? You dropped your phone in the toilet? Yep, we got, we got some honest people in here. This guy tries to get it unstuck, and let's get a picture of that guy too. He gets his arm stuck. Little embarrassing. Yeah, and so they had to call the fire department or whoever to come. It was in a porcelain toilet, and uh, that, is, that is nasty. How do you say that stinks in his language? But anyway, odds are you haven't been stuck on a roller coaster or in a toilet, but we've all been stuck. We've all been stopped. We felt like things should be going forward, and they stopped, and... and uh, have you felt that way? I felt that way many, many times. Uh, I just look at, look at the crowd here today, and I think about 13 years ago, and how many times uh, felt as life spring. We were, I was stuck, and God continued to provide the way to move forward. Um, we, all, we all have felt like we can't climb the mountain in front of us. We don't see the way out or we've been so discouraged, we didn't know if we could get out of bed. You've been there so discouraged, you didn't know if you could get out of bed. And we stop, but life doesn't stop. 
And sometimes we're stopped by outside forces, discouraging words, gossip, or slander. It takes the wind out of our sails. Unexpected circumstances. Sometimes we're stopped by that, but sometimes and most often we are stopped by what's inside our own heads. And left to ourselves, this can be devastating when we're stopped by things in our brains. Now, whether it's severe or uh, severe and long term or short term, we've all been there. And Acts 14, when I read Acts 14 and studied that out and was in Sermon Club on Monday, I'm like, man, these are a group of guys that are not stopped. They are unstoppable, but they're unstoppable together because who's with Paul? Who's with Paul in Acts chapter 14? What's his name? Barnabas. And what's Barnabas known for? He was the encourager. And so Paul and Barnabas are unstoppable in this mission that God has given them to share the good news of Jesus. Yeah, wouldn't you like to have that to go through your problems? Unstoppable together. And I think you're going to find some things here in this message from Acts chapter 14 that are going to help you get unstuck. And I think we can all live amazing, unstoppable lives if we learn from these guys in the book of Acts. So let's not start with Acts 14. I'm going to actually start with, turn your Bibles to 14, 14th chapter of Acts. But we're going to, I'm going to put up a different scripture to start with. And it's Ecclesiastes. Chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, it says this, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. You've been there where you looked around, you're like, who's going to lift me up? I'm the one lifting everybody else up. And then you're the one that's down. Who lifts you up? Who do you walk with? The important thing for Acts chapter 14 as we get into seeing how these apostles are unstoppable is, is that they were together. Paul and Barnabas, it was two. Jesus knew what he was doing when he sent them out two by two. And other faiths know what they're doing when they send them out two by two. But often, we go it alone. And often, we find ourselves alone because we feel like we're supposed to be alone. We're supposed to do it ourselves. It's the American way. Right? You don't need anybody's help. Talk to the two-year-old. I don't need anybody's help. But that is so not the gospel, the good news. The good news of Jesus is, is that you and I need help. When we give our lives to Christ, we are admitting, I need help. I can't get to heaven on my own. I need Jesus. That's the core of the good news of Jesus. So being a Christian and saying, I need help, and I need to be get together with others so that I too could be unstoppable, it's just being a Christian. All right? A lot of Christians not being very Christ-like because they think they can do it on their own. You ever thought about, thought about it that way? So when we look at Acts chapter 14 and we look at Paul and Barnabas, we see that they're unstoppable, but why? They're unstoppable together. They have each other to lift them up. And so what I'm describing today is hopefully to help those who have never gone after what God has asked you to go do. Anybody in here, God, you know God is asking you to go do something, and yet you keep saying no, or you keep dragging your feet about it. This message is for you. Maybe you've never actually taken the first step, or you've been hurt in a relationship that's happened, and you're not sure if you could ever love someone again. 
You're not sure? You've been stopped in that. Or you've had a season of addiction, and something has happened, and it stopped you from continuing on to being, to, to being mature in Christ. And it stopped you. What is it that stopped you? And I hope this message will help you get unstuck. Acts chapter 14, verse 1 says this. It says, Now at Iconium they entered together into the Jewish synagogue and spoke in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. Okay? Do you have the Version Bible app? It's, I'm not putting this all on the screen today, so you're going to have to pull out a Bible or get your phone out and to put away the game, all right? Quit doing, quit, you know, working with your finances or something, but like, and pull out an English Standard Version Bible. Okay, that's what I'm going to be reading from. Acts chapter 14. We use the Version Bible app, okay? So Acts chapter 14, verses 1 through 6, and I'm in verse 2. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles. To stir up is to deliberately try to cause arguments or bad feelings between people. Let me say that again. To stir up is to deliberately try to cause arguments or bad feelings between people. The unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their mind. To poison our minds is to fill them up with ungodly thoughts, thoughts that are not of God. So these unbelieving Jews were stirring people up and poisoning their minds against the brothers. Verse 3, so they remained for a long time, speaking boldly for the Lord, who bore witness to the word of His grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. Verse 4, but the people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews and some with the apostles. When an attempt was made by both Gentiles and Jews with their rulers to mistreat and stone them, they learned of it and fled to Lystra and Derbe, cities of Lyconia, and to the surrounding country, and there they continued to preach the gospel. So I'm going to give you five steps on how to be unstoppable or how to get out of being stuck. And I want you to realize that these these are not, st- they're not really steps, they're reminders, okay? What I don't like is going to church, and the guy get up, gets up to speak, and he's like, here's your four things. If you do these, it's all going to be good, all right? And you write those four things down, and then you hit Monday morning, and you're like, I don't even know where that list is at. Where is that? Don't tell the preachers that, all right? No, we know that, Okay? But these are reminders so that as you go throughout the week, maybe you'll think of one of these things, and I encourage you to write them down, and to know that this is not stepping out of your, can I say stuckness, when you're stuck? This is not just taking these steps and you're out of being stuck. These, this, these are reminders that in the process of us, us becoming more like Jesus, he's reminding us through these things that we don't have to stay stuck, all right? So please don't take this as just five little steps and then you're done. You'll be very discouraged. Number one, the apostles found the good in every situation. And the writer of this, who wrote the book of Acts? Who wrote the book of Acts? All right, Luke did. Okay, Luke wrote the book of Acts. Now, there's a lot of letters that were written back and forth during the time frame of Acts that were written by Paul, just in case some of you guys said Paul, all right? A lot of letters flying back and forth between Paul and the churches and then passing those around. But the, the guy that wrote this down was Luke, okay, a companion of Paul. 
right? So he's writing down the things that are going on. And Luke, along with Paul and Barnabas, they are focused on the good things going on. When you're stuck, all you can think about is the bad. Am I right? And I'm telling you, life hits you in the face. And then all you start dwelling on is all the bad going on in the world. And then you get stuck and you don't even know what step to take. I talk to people all the time that are stuck. And I'm like, well, what's, what's the step we're going to take? Well, I don't know. I'm just going to keep feeding myself with all the junk going on in the world. That doesn't help anybody. We, we get unstuck by first saying, what is the good going on in the world? When things are going not as expected or just really bad, it's easy to just always focus on all that's wrong. But a God perspective, a God perspective is, what is God doing in this situation? How can I get my eyes off all the bad and focus on the good? And it, listen, it is extremely difficult to do in the midst of painful situations. Anybody going through a painful situation? Anybody going through a spot where your addiction is just like, I don't know the way out. I'm not sure I can do this. It is really hard to find any good in that in the moment. And you're going to need to be together with some other people so that they can show you what's good in that situation. Pain when we go through pain, the only way we can really endure pain is to know that it's for good. That there's something good that will happen in the pain. That there's purpose in the pain that we're going through. That's how we get through it. There's a purpose for it. Why do football players go through all the practices that they do? I mean, they're just... I remember... Um, being in like junior high and going out for the basketball team and having these practices where we didn't even touch the ball for two weeks. We just ran, 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 ran. You couldn't do that these days. It'd be called abuse, right? You know, maybe run, 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 run. And then, bleh, you know, it all come up. Why would we put ourselves through that? Because there was a purpose. And the main purpose was that we could actually make the team. That was the first purpose, all right? So why do basketball players and football players and all sports people go through such painful things that they know there's a purpose for it? Why do moms have more than one baby? I mean, really. I mean, the pain of that. Like, why would you go, there's a purpose for it. And why do people go through surgeries and extensive rehab? Because there's a purpose for it. Listen, the same, th the same reason you're going through the painful stuff you're going through there's a purpose for it. And when there's a purpose in pain, we can better endure it. And these apostles, let me show, let me show you how they, they focused on the positive. Verse 1, now at Iconium they entered together into the Jewish synagogue, and I'm going to put this on the screen, and spoke in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. Here's the positive going on. Listen, while we're being persecuted, these people are believing in Jesus. And they're finding freedom from the law. And then keeping up with the law and understanding that and knowing what this rabbi said and that rabbi said. And are we washing our hands right? Are we doing this thing right? Are we doing this? We, we could never get this all right. Who's going to save us from ourselves? This is a mess. How do we keep up with all this religious stuff and get it right? Jesus came to save you from that. 
He came to give you freedom in Christ. And as the Paul and Barnabas are going get, to get all this persecution coming their way, they're going to focus on, hey, some people are believing this. Look at verse 27. This is sandwiched. Acts 14 is sandwiched by positive. Look at verse 27. And when they arrived and gathered the church together, they declared all that God had done with them and how he'd opened a door of faith to the Gentiles, and they remained no little time with the disciples. It means they spent a long time together sharing all the good that was going on. The apostles could be unstoppable because they would focus on the good. And until we change our perspective, we'll never see the purpose in our pain. What is it that's painful right now? And I guarantee you God has a purpose. And that's hard. That's hard to see. Would you listen to the people around you, the Christians around you that are reminding you that God's going to make it out for good. Romans 8.28, man, it's going to be good but we're going to have to go through some painful things. And let's stick to doing the right thing because it's a right thing. And let's not just find the easy, easy way out. Second thing I see here in Acts chapter 14 that the apostles are unstoppable is, is that they weren't surprised by opposition. It didn't surprise them. Jesus had told them, the world's going to hate you. It hated me. It's going to hate you. You will have opposition. You will have per persecution. Look at verse 2, and I want to highlight the opposition that came against the apostles. Verse 2, but the unbelievers stirred up, and they poisoned the minds of those around them. Look at verse 4, but the people of the city were divided, and some sided with the Jews and some with the apostles. While they're trying to keep the main focus of it's the good news of Jesus, forgiveness through Christ, we got all these people trying to divide and take away from the main issue. And the main issue and the problem with this world is that the world needs to be humbled before God Almighty and know that there's a Savior. People on the right without Christ are not saved. People on the left without Christ are not saved. People need, Je people need Jesus of all political parties, of all walks of life, of all nations, of all dialects, all around the world, people need Jesus. And people will try to divide. The apostles weren't surprised by this. I get surprised by that. But the apostles were not surprised by it. Why do we think that if, we're, if things are in God's will, then they must go smoothly and without incident? Why do we believe that? It's a common misunderstanding of Christianity when we accept the fact that opposition comes, when we are trying to accomplish great things, or even when we're just trying to do the next right thing, and opposition comes, why are we surprised? Why do we stop doing the right thing because of opposition? Well, you know, she just responds. I've been trying to do good all this time, and she responds this way. Well, I'm going to do my own thing, and I'll show her. But really? What? Well, that church treated me bad, and I'm not even going to go to church anymore. Those people are blah, blah, blah. Re really? You stopped doing the right thing because there was opposition, and people are human. Who would want 
you to stop doing the right thing? Who would want you to stop doing the right? Who would want you to stop doing the right thing? Is it God? It's not God. These apostles were unstoppable because they weren't surprised. There's going to be opposition. Why did I just lick my glasses to pick, or lick my fingers to pick up my glasses? I was going to move this page. All right. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Let's, re let's read that. 2 Corinthians chapter 7. I am acting with great boldness toward you. This is Paul writing to the Corinthians. All right. I have great pride in you. I am filled with comfort in all our affliction. I am overflowing with joy. For even when we came into Macedonia, our bodies had no rest, but we were afflicted at every turn, fighting without and fear within. The apostle Paul said he had fear within him. But God who comforts the downcast comfort us by the coming of whom? Titus. You need to be together. You need help. You need others to speak into the situation. To say, hey, listen, don't be surprised. There's going to be opposition. Hey, let's help. Let's look for the good in the situation you're going through. That's how they stayed unstuck. That's how they remained unstoppable. Now listen, I want to I do a little disclaimer here that this does not mean you won't have times of being stuck. Okay? Like this, this is like, you know, here's the points and then I'm not stuck anymore. I went to church, I heard these points. It's all easy. No. Solomon understood this in Ecclesiastes when he said there's a time for everything. There's a time when you're stuck. And it's okay to get stuck. Most godly women in the Bible and men in the Bible, men and women, had their times when they were stuck. Am I right? They were stuck. They had their seasons. But there's a time for everything. And it doesn't mean that we're not supposed to remove ourselves. Sometimes getting unstuck is stopping <laughs> what you're currently doing and doing something else. All right? It's, it's like I'm stuck because I've been trying to do the same thing over and over and over and over and over again, and it ain't working. Dr. Phil says, how's that working for you, right? Remember Dr. Phil, that guy? Yeah. You just do it over and over and over again. And so what happens with these apostles is, is they, they start to get this opposition and this pushback. And what do they do in verses 6 and 7? What do they do? They go, you know what? We're stuck here. We're going to go in this direction. We're going to go in a different direction. It didn't, it didn't stop them from sharing the gospel. Sometimes continuing to strive will be the right decision, but other times it won't be. Giving up doesn't always make you a bad person or a failure or a deserter or whatever bad thing you've been telling yourself. Sometimes giving up means that you are someone who's mature enough to know when to cut their losses and move on. Someone who has bravery to protect their mental health sometimes is willing to have to take the risk of changing courses. Did you hear all that? So that doesn't mean you're, you're, you're just going to stay stuck forever. It means quit trying to do the same thing. Do something else. Listen to what God does with 
with Paul and Barnabas in this next group of cities that they go to in verse 8. And I'm just going to describe to you what happens in verses 8 through 14 because we won't have time to just read all this. I encourage you and you're in your small groups that are doing sermon alignment, go a little deeper. But Paul and Barnabas, they get to, they get to Lystra, and there's a man sitting at the, at the gate area. Okay, the gate area of Lystra has this temple to the, to the god Zeus, okay? Now, understand that. He gets, the apostles healed this guy, and it's all very similar to Acts chapter 3 when Peter and John were going to the temple to pray. Paul and Barnabas are walking in. They see this guy that can't walk, and they heal him. He's been crippled since birth. Seeing, and look at, verse, look at verse 9, seeing that he had faith to be made well. Do you see that in your Bible? Seeing that he had faith to be made well, Paul heals him. And the crowds go nuts. Like anybody that was at the gates as you walk into these cities, there were people begging and wanting food and wanting money. You got to know the same, they're the same people. And when the city finds out that Paul and Barnabas have healed them, they're like, this is amazing. Man, and word spread, and they wanted to sacrifice an animal, animals to Paul and Barnabas, and they, they, they basically thought, the gods have visited us. Barnabas is Zeus. Paul is Hermes. And, and they wanted to sacrifice animals to them. And the priest of Zeus, in this section of Scripture, the priest of Zeus brings oxen and garlands around the oxen to sacrifice to Paul and Barnabas. And what do Paul and Barnabas do? Whoa, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Well, don't be praising us. No, stop right where you're at. We are just humans, just like you guys. Let's tell you about Jesus. Let's tell you about the good news. But don't give us praise. And they directed their praise back to God. They knew that if they got off track and it started coming and it was about them, there's no way they could stand up to that. And you can't either. When you got your life all good and everything's going great, you know, and look at the Look at the house you built. Look at the business you built. Look at all the things you've done by great, your great hands and your feet and all the hard effort that you've done. In a moment, that could be gone. In a moment, it could be gone. And if the praise hasn't gone back to the Creator who gave you the hands to work, who gave you the voice to talk, that gave you the feet to go, listen, you too will get stuck. And it'll stop you in your tracks. And you'll look around and go, what happened to me? What did I do wrong? Sometimes it's nothing to do with you. Sometimes it has to do with the economy. And it's coming. It's coming. And our praise needs to go to the Creator who made all things. And Paul and Barnabas are like, well, wait a minute. No, no, no. This is not by our might. This is, this is God. And God has done this. When you get your focus on you, you set, you're setting yourself up for, for problems because you cannot always pull through, pull through. Pull through. You cannot always pull through. Paul and Barnabas believed and accepted the fact that they were human and they had to not allow others to put them on a pedestal. They knew they could never live up to that. And part of the reason we get stuck is that we believe we've come to the point where we can't do something any longer and you get stuck. 
But listen, if you realize in the first place you can't do anything except for the grace of God, you'll, you'll be less stuck. You won't maybe end up as deep because you know that in the pain, there's a plan. God's doing something. These apostles were amazing. They understood God, and they understood their own abilities, and they knew that God was with them. And they directed the praise back to God. Listen, where's your focus? Do you allow others to build you up with accolades that you can never live up to? Or do you, rec- or do you say something like this? Thank you. Isn't God good that he gives us the abilities to do these things? Thank you. Isn't God amazing that he would want us to share his message like broken vessels, saved sinners, in need of Jesus every day that God would choose us? All praise to God. God gets the praise. It's all about God. So when as things come your way, you direct praise back to God. And listen, we're stuck often because we think it's us that are going to get ourselves out because we're the ones that got ourselves here. No, it's, it's God Almighty, and we humble ourselves before God. Tim Cipriani couldn't live up to the pressure of keeping his life together. Too afraid to ask for help, he had an idea of how to get out of being stuck in life. He would lower himself into a pizza restaurant through the ventilation duct, and he would rob the cash register and climb back out. But the plan backfired. Either he'd been eating too much pizza or the ventilation duct was too narrow, but he got stuck. And, he, and that's him calling right now. He needs help. Somebody answer that, all right? So he's dangling over the deep fryer, his legs hanging out of the ceiling, screaming for help, and it took the police 30 minutes to free this guy. Listen, it is a bad thing when you get stuck. But everybody gets there. And sometimes you got to call somebody. Sometimes you got to text somebody. Sometimes you have to realize that, you know what? It's been all about me getting to this point in life, and it was never supposed to be about me getting to this point in life. It's always been about God and what he's given me the abilities to do. So when you get, st- when you get stuck and don't trust God, here's what happens. The next thing we do when we get stuck and we don't know it's about God, we turn to things that complicate our situation. Let's read it. Verse 15, verse 15 of Acts chapter 14. Uh, let's start in verse 14. And this is not going to be on the, it's, it will not be on the screen. Verse 14. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of it, when they were being told, you are gods, look at all that you have done. They tore their garments and rushed out into the crowd crying out, men, why are you doing these things? We also are men like, of like nature with you. And we bring you Good news. We bring you good news. Guys, listen. Here's the gospel. 
Here's the good news of Jesus said in different words. I loved MAF movie we had Friday night. The MAF, MAF Mission Aviation Fellowship, we showed a movie, and they're bringing the good news to these people that they don't speak our language. They don't have a Bible in their language. And when they understood the good news, one guy, one guy took dirt, and he put it on himself, and he's like, he's sharing the good news of Jesus. He puts all this dirt on himself, and then he's like, this is where I was. I had all this sin on me, and I was dirty. And then he takes a t-shirt, and he puts the t-shirt on, and he says, but now I've put on Christ. And now it's not me. God does not see my sin. He sees I'm a child of God now. That guy understood the good news. You and I get stuck because we don't tell ourselves the good news. Look at the good news in verse 15. It says, good news in verse 15, middle of it, that you should turn from these vain things to a living God. When we get stuck and we don't understand it's all about God, we turn to things that are unproductive and empty. How do, we, how do we get to where we're not stuck? We're aware of unproductive activities that are covering up the real issues. Listen, we all do it. We all do it. Don't look, don't look at the meth addict and think, I'm not that. Don't look at the drunk and say, well, I'm not that. At least I'm not that. At least, no, we all turn to things when there's pain. And some of us maybe are better at covering it up. But when, but when we're not telling ourselves the good news of Christ and how God really sees us and how he really loves us, we turn to these unproductive things. That's what the word vain means here. And, and Paul is trying to tell them, listen, I'm telling you good news that you should turn from these vain things to a living God. And Paul later says in one of his other letters, he says this in 2 Corinthians 1, 8 and 9, For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia, for we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. Why? but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. The money you earn, God has given you the ability to do that. And when it doesn't come, what is God's plan? What is he trying to teach us? But instead, we turn to vain, empty things, and they turn into addictions. Where do you go when you feel like life has stopped? Where do you go? Where do you turn when you feel stuck? This could be any type of escape. It could be food. It could be entertainment. It could be any addictive behaviors. It could be isolation. Where do you turn? And it's at that spot where we can begin to find real healing in Christ. Someone in the church sent me this email this week, and it was a devotional that they had um, that morning, and, it's, and it says this. I'm going to read two parts of it. Over the course of our lives, all of us have been through difficult trials, unjust treatment, unforeseen losses, tragic deaths, life-stealing diseases, betrayals, relationship failures, and all manner of pain and suffering. These things create wilderness seasons that can go on for long periods 
of time, being stuck. These are the places where slowly and often, imperceptibly lose faith in God. And we would rarely identify it as such, but we begin to shrink back from real trust. It goes on to say this. This is how sin deceives us. We mistakenly focus on sin at the level of their behaviors when they are merely symptoms of the sickness. Sin, in its deepest essence, is the condition of an unbelieving heart and an unbelieving or untrusting heart inevitably becoming hard, a hardened heart. And a hardened heart is the most dangerous place on earth. Paul was very aware of his unfavorable circumstances, being a way to strengthen his trust in God, not to push him farther away. Guys, the only way you can be strengthened in your painful situations is to be unstoppable together. That's it. You start believing what's, what you're telling yourself, you will get so stuck, you'll do things that you, later you'll look back and go, why did I destroy my marriage? Why did I make it worse? Because I was stuck and I was too proud to go talk to somebody. Paul was very aware of this. And we need to be aware of unproductive activities that we begin doing that are covering up real issues. Look at verse 19. But Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. But when the disciples gathered about him, he rose up and entered the city. And on the next day, he went on with Barnabas to Derbe. When they had preached, verse 21, preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch. What did they do? Verse 22, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. That ain't very American Christian right there. Oh, by the way, we're going to get closer to the kingdom of God, but we're going to have to go through a lot of tribulations along the way. But our prayer is like, God, remove this affliction from me. Last one, how to be unstoppable. Focus on strengthening others with the truth of the gospel. In your stuckness, the way to be unstoppable is to begin strengthening others, encouraging others, send encouraging Bible verses to one another, share why someone means so much in your life, continue to meet together. Don't stop meeting together when you're like, I'm not, I, I, I feel isolated. Why stop meeting together? Continue to meet together. Begin to reach out. Begin to open up your life. Join a small group. Oh, I don't know if I want to do that. People will get to know you. And you'll get to know them. When you share with someone who hates their situation the truth about Jesus, it will change their life. When you begin to tell yourself what Jesus did for you, it'll change your life. But we got to do it together with others. And when we're together, let's, let's sharpen one another. Let's just not say the things that are just easy to say. We need to say the difficult things. One guy put it this way. He said, flatter me. 
and I may not believe you. Criticize me, and I may not like you. Ignore me, and I may not forgive you, but encourage me, and I will never forget you. It's like, whoa. Strengthening others not only helps them get unstuck, but it also will help you get unstuck. So listen, by doing these things or being reminded of these things, we can be unstoppable. Guys, the apostles in these scriptures had all kinds of afflictions, all kinds of problems. But one thing I saw them doing is, is that they just continue on with, okay, what's the good in this? I'm not surprised by these afflictions. Matter of fact, I'm going to help others quit turning to things that are vain and empty. And I myself am not going to turn to things that are vain and empty. I'm going to see those as signs that I don't really believe the gospel. Guys, do you know that it's good news that you're forgiven and you're a child of God? As we take communion today, we're going to take communion again every week. We're focusing on the good news of Jesus. The good news is that you don't need to remain stuck in your sin you can focus on forgiveness and grace through Jesus. But you better do it together. Let's pray. God, thank you for Acts. Thank you for this message. Lord, we are stuck so often. I can't imagine all, this, all the ministry and change in the world that hasn't happened because we've just stayed stuck, not realizing that the power of your Holy Spirit is with us and you can do amazing, great things. Lord, help us to be together in this and to build one another up. Thank you for Jesus, for forgiveness. Thank you for the blood that was shed and the forgiveness that we, we, can, we can receive. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us. Hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information about LifeSpring Christian Church or for more sermons, please visit us at mylifespringchurch.org. That's mylifespringchurch.org.